Welcome to the Almost 30 Podcast. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Krista. And we're your hosts, guides, and friends on this path. Almost 30 is not about your age. It's about the feeling. All of us are almost something, seeking community and resources to support the rumblings of transformation within us. Our conversations are deep dives, shepherded by our insatiable curiosity and desire for connection, enduring inspiration, and a sense of levity that we can all benefit from. We're looking to find the magic in the human experience. Buckle up, baby. Your evolution is waiting. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. Hey, everyone. It's Lindsay and Krista. We are in studio. We are together in New York City. Glad you're here. We're in the city of dreams, baby. (laughs) The city of I'm exhausted. The city of get me the hell out of here. (laughs) I was like on a high. I mean, I was buzzing when I came. When I landed, I was like, da, 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 da. Just felt so alive. And now I'm like, oh, my gosh. Well, I feel like if you come in hot like that, yeah, inevitably, it's kind of like a firework. You kind of <laughs> yeah. see like the little tail of the yes, yes, yes of the spark. Yes. Just and also you see the most people. Oh, I know it's actually cruel and unusual. I don't know how it would be now, but like in the past, I'm almost the opposite to a fault where people are like, "You were here. That was rude that you didn't reach out." I know, but I think there's a happy medium. <laughs> I, I completely agree. I completely agree. I was thinking about that, and I realized that. Because I do that, sometimes I don't show up to things as my best self. Sure. Because I'm so tired. Like when we had that breakfast with a friend the other day. Yeah. I was, <laughs> dude, she's like, you looked a little sleepy and nothing was entertaining to me. Like, I'll just get super like my Capricorn side will come out. I'm just super judgmental. I'm like, you're like, I have Slack messages to respond exactly. to. Exactly. <laughs> That's no, the thing too is going in work hours is hard for me. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, I need to work. And mm-hmm. yes, I want to see less people so I can show up better for the people I show up for. Or just having like every single night, no matter what, I'm going to bed at this time. Yes. And like kind of planning around that. Boundaries. I've kind of like thought about that with trips and stuff. I'm yes. like, as long as I know I'm going to get eight hours, I can do this. Do you know what I mean? No, 100%. <laughs> as long as you get like a few hours of recharge time. Yeah. You know, you need those. But in the city, it's just different because you're not in nature as much. So if I'm in nature more, I can recharge in the sun or mm-hmm. whatever. But here it's hard to recharge. I'm going to Ohio tomorrow and I was nice. thinking about it. I'm like, I kind of want to go to the suburbs because oh, my yeah. friends live in the city area. And I was like, oh, I actually want to go to my mom's house in the suburbs. Yeah. And be in the middle of literal Can nowhere. you do that? Yeah, I think I'm going to do that because I just need to. I can't be in the city. Yeah. Feet on the grass, baby. Feet on the grass. Mm-hmm. I can't be... Yeah, and the person I'm seeing is a little messy. And I don't really want to be in a messy space right now. <laughs> just want to be in your own space. I want to be in my own space. My mom is Colleen Farik. So love. it's like, I know. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Mom's Spick and span. Speaking of like energy and just like learning to manage energy, especially around these types of trips, we had our event with Clear Sound, which you guys are going to listen to today on the podcast. So fun. But I was thinking about how far we've come when it comes to prepping for these types of events and like the rules and boundaries we have around like the hours before are we meeting people before are we meeting people after like what that looks like what our grounding looks like and I feel like in the beginning first of all we were setting up chairs and packing bags filling checking people in Uh saying hi to people doing the absolute most 
the most. The wearing most. large fake eyelashes. <laughs> Way to stop. <laughs> wearing huge fake eyelashes. But yeah, if I think about it, it's like I'm being paid to do something as a professional. I need to show up as a professional. And it's so interesting being in our space of what you learn about that, yeah. like your energy management or your hygiene or like what works for you in event prep and what doesn't. And yeah, ours was, I remember being on tour and being so exhausted because we'd get there, we'd be flying there, we'd be in a place we don't know, we'd have to go do a walkthrough, we'd have to get all the sponsor stuff, we'd have to set it up, say hi to everyone. Like sometimes while we're setting up, we would like recruit People would get there early, we're like, oh my God. Hey. Dude, I was like, I'm so excited to see you. Can you like grab like a, can you support us with like putting those cups out? <laughs> I know. Yeah, we've come a long way. So now with events, Krista and I just have an understanding that one before we go on, probably like, I don't know, an hour leading up, we are as quiet as possible. No talkie talkie. No talkie talkie. We... Shh, shh, shh make sure that we are in our own energy as much as possible and we can be around each other because we can't we get it but sometimes it's hard yeah because people will be like hey I do what do you need yes. what's going on how are you like just so sweet and like yes. catching up and like wanting to socialize and so we've kind of had to learn to like <laughs> energetically send a message whether it's like stand in a corner face the wall <laughs> you know just get our own space and room because for me I'm like still nervous to talk yes, or like totally. do things so it's I want to prepare I want to and also I get clogged mm -hmm. I'm trying to bring through some type of message and so if someone's talking to me about mm -hmm. a hot guy that they met last night at the bar I'm like this is messing up yeah. what I'm trying to think about yeah. and what I'm trying to be in flow so it's very distracting and I've just realized with speaking more often now, I'm like, prep is so key. I feel so much better when I'm prepping. I feel so much better when I have an outline. Because I think before I would be like, if I say that joke, it won't land the same way again. Because there's such resonance to like the first time you ever say a joke. Or if I say the thing, it's not going to hit the same yeah. way again. But now I'm like, oh, the more you practice, the better things hit. Mm -hmm. And it is. We had to like get our own little table and be away. And I just am not, not that fun before things like... I don't think anyone would say that, but I don't feel like that. And I just feel like I just need to be in my zone before we can go. And then it's like, you feel so free afterwards. Yes. Yeah. It's funny because I too, like feel that nervousness still, which I'm like, hmm, I wonder what that is. I think it's like that excitement, just it keeps it fresh. It could, yeah. We care, you know, all the things. But when we got on stage, like it, I knew it was going to kind of melt away. And then I was like, oh, that's so... It is so nice. It's so nice to kind of have that like lead up energy. And then when you get on there and with the preparation, like everything just melts together in like yeah. a really sweet moment. Now I just really work on circulating my energy. It's like when I feel myself being anxious, how can I move the anxious energy if it's in my mm -hmm. heart down to the core of the earth up above, just like moving that energy in my body so it's not stuck in one place yeah. and making me feel a type of way. And just really like being with taking a moment in the bathroom being silent, taking a moment for meditation, just kind of moving things around energetically so that it's flowing and not stuck because you can just get really anxious. And I felt anxious, I think, mm -hmm. earlier in the day and then I was mm -hmm. fine because mm -hmm. it's so much energy, Yeah, especially as an empath. And I think the earlier in the day thing is something that you have to be aware of too. So if yeah. you're someone who has something like maybe a big meeting or a big speech or something performative later in the day, it's like, how are you starting your day? think we said like let's not schedule 
a lot at all. Let's yeah. like do almost nothing, maybe a workout, like chill, practice, what, practice. Yep. But that was it. And it was so key because normally in the past we would have scheduled right up until the event. Same. Yeah. We would have had three interviews, <laughs> yeah. done the whole thing. Yeah. It's actually, and that's part of taking it seriously. Like for anyone that wants to speak or present or be on stages or do something, it's like, how can you take it as seriously as possible and act like a professional even before you feel like one? Mm-hmm. And just, being someone and, and Sean was saying that too he's like when you guys got on stage it's like professionals on stage and I'm like that's how I want everyone to feel mm-hmm. that I'm just someone that really cares and deserves to be on the stage yeah through practice through like the way I speak or through whatever I'm saying yeah it's so meaningful and I just take it very seriously and I love the art of it mm-hmm. I love like changing your voice and you know when you're like okay I should slow down here or it's just, and you watch people's faces, you see how you catch temperatures, mm-hmm. like, it's so fascinating. Yeah, to have that live audience, it's like, we do so much recording and haven't been on tour in a while, and it's like, oh yeah, there's so much, there's so much goodness and nuance, like, when you have people right in front of you. Yeah. Like, I even noticed, like, there are parts of me that just, like, do things I didn't practice or didn't do, and I'm like, oh, that's so cool, you're reacting to <laughs> who's in front of you and what yes. you're feeling. yes. And thank God our audience is so like with it. They were so present. So cool. It was so good to meet everyone and just be with people and connect. And there were so many people going through relationship transitions. We were talking about this, which was so interesting to talk about. Mm -hmm. And also like, I don't want to make dating my personality. Like I don't, I'm also like, I don't really want to talk about date. I don't know. I don't think it is. I think that's probably what it feels like because it's such a... It was like news to the yes, community, totally, right? And totally. like, I think they're really excited to like yeah. support you and just also relate to you in this season. Yes, but I course. definitely don't think it's your personality. But I do think you share in such a way that it's, it is super helpful for people. So if they like mm-hmm. feel really connected to you because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm always just so inspired. Like there was girls that we've dm'd for so long mm-hmm. that just have been such a part of our community where people brought friends and it was such a pleasure to do it with clear stem we just mm-hmm. love kaylee and danielle from clear stem so they've been on the podcast twice now and clear stem is a brand that you and i use and love their bounce back serum day, baby is so good their moisturizer their hydrical moisturizer so amazing sean loves the scrub mm-hmm. all of their stuff is so high quality just clean anti-aging anti-acne which is really hard to do yeah yeah and they really care and I feel like they're such a dynamic duo in that way where Danielle with her background she is the acne guru she had a clinic down in San Diego that's kind of the origins of clear stem and then coming together and really creating a brand and a mission that's like so much more than skincare is just so so cool so to do an event with them was a no-brainer. And we really wanted to do an event that wasn't just talking about skincare and yeah. beauty and all the things because yep. we can we can talk about that all day. DM us. We'll give you our recs. But yeah, just to kind of like peek behind the curtain of like our approach and feelings and experiences in the realms of manifestation and relationships felt really relevant and potent mm-hmm. for everyone. And fun and new. Like, yeah. you know, we don't really talk about that much and then Lindsay and I got to reflect on our time in New York which is so much fun so the flow of this conversation will be Lindsay and I talking about our time in New York telling funny stories just reflecting on our growth trajectory and sort of how we've manifested the life that we're at through 
things that didn't always seem like they were good for us. So it's like, how have the rock bottoms actually brought us closer to a life of alignment and a life that we love? And then we did a panel. So we did a panel, which was led by Aisha. Mm -hmm. And then we had hot seat. You will hear hot seat coaching with two of our amazing communities. And it's funny because a lot of times with live shows, they feel only relevant to the show and the energy at the time. But I actually was really excited to share this one. And actually, I felt like this conversation is going to translate really, really well to the podcast is going to feel like just so impactful and powerful. And again, we don't talk about these topics all the time. So I'm excited about this because I feel like it's super juicy and valuable. Me too. Me too. I think you guys are going to love it. If you do love it, share it with a friend and keep an eye out for other events that we'll be hosting in various cities, maybe even another one with Clearstem. Mm -hmm. Planting that seed now. That's my dream. <laughs> and you can use code ALMOST30 to get 20% off Clearstem, get any of their products. Really, really love them, especially if you have a teenage daughter or something. This would be mm -hmm. such a good quality product for them. Dude, all of them are the best. The newer sunscreen, like the sunscreen moisturizer, yeah. it has a little tint to it. Yep. It looks like your face is filtered. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm wearing it right now. I wear it's it all the time. amazing, amazing. So go to clearstemskincare.com. Use code ALMOST30 for 20% off any of their products. Enjoy this one. Thank you for being a part of our lives and community. Thank you for everyone that came out. We love you so much. We appreciate you. It means the world. And enjoy. Bye. I am juggling quite a bit lately. <laughs> I have a new baby, um, six months in, and uh, we are finishing our book and running a business and a marriage and a house. And um, it's just a lot, but everything is all good and just my dream, but it's a lot. But I have found that if my health routine is on point, then everything runs smoothly. And one huge piece of that routine is my supplementation. And Symbiotica has just always been a constant in my routine. Uh, if you haven't heard of Symbiotica, they're a health and wellness company that does everything with intention. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like I know them. <laughs> Shervine has been on the podcast many times. I just have seen how passionate, how incredibly intelligent, how dedicated he is to creating products um, that are clean, plant-based, uh, without toxic or harmful chemicals, which we need more of that in the world. Um, so let me just run you through what I'm taking. Um, I take the vitamin D3 K2. It's the liposomal form. I just squirt 12 little pumps in my mouth every single morning. I also take their B12. Um, I'm also obsessed with the liposomal vitamin C. I have these little packets whether it's winter or whatever season, it's obviously great for immunity, but it also um, is amazing because it has biotin, one of nature's most beautifying ingredients. Uh, so I've seen an improvement in my skin, hair, and nail growth as well. I do have mom brain, um, but I'm doing my best to just support my brain health in any way. So for brain health, focus and memory, I really love taking their liposomal magnesium L-threonate. Um, it's an innovative form of magnesium that is able to cross the blood brain barrier. It supports brain health, mood, immune system function, and overall well-being. It's incredible and tastes amazing. It's like this yummy vanilla cream flavor. That's the thing with uh, Symbiotica products. They taste unbelievable. So it really makes taking all of these supplements so easy, so yummy. And I actually look forward to it. So if you want to give Symbiotica a try, there is no better time 
right now is the time. Symbiotica.com, C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A. Use our code almost 30, 20% off site-wide. So major. And then when you bundle and subscribe, which I highly recommend because you never want to run out of anything, uh, you're going to get an extra discount. So just do it up. Symbiotica.com and use the code almost 30 for 20% off site-wide. Okay. I need to introduce you to a revolutionary new app. Um, superhuman. I have been doing these superhuman activations every single morning for the last three weeks. Let me just tell you, I kind of fell off of my game after I had the baby. Most of my time and energy was going to him still is, but I have been able to carve out time in the morning before I get into the swing with him. And I've been doing these activations. I do a lot of the shorter ones because I don't have a ton of time, but let me just say, this is new. Like this is a new type of audio that, um, are super energizing and really specifically designed to transform you into your future self. So I know a lot of us want to manifest things. I know a lot of us are thinking about planning for the future. Um, but a lot of us feel stuck. And so I've just felt like this has unstuck me in just the most beautiful way. So I've been doing a lot of their pep talks. I've been doing some of their writing activations. Uh, this morning I did the three morning questions. It was a seven minute, really vibey writing activation that I love. So I had my journal out. Um, yesterday I did a pep talk, uh, about tackling procrastination. There's a part of me that procrastinates quite a bit. So I'm just I love this. I love this. There's going to be an activation for you for this moment, for this day. Uh, it's incredibly supportive. So we actually interviewed Mimi Bouchard, the founder, not too long ago. Check out that interview. Uh, and we have a sample of one of the activations on our feed. So you can check that out as well. It's way easier to implement into your routine and far more effective than any other audio app out there. I've just noticed that I'm doing it much more consistently. So please don't miss out on this crazy deal. They rarely do discounts. On top of the 14-day free trial, get over 60% off your subscription for a limited time only at activation.com slash almost 30. Literally, there is no risk. If you change your mind and forget to cancel after the trial, you're covered by their money back guarantee. The offer is only available through their website, not on the app store. So that's activations.com slash almost 30 for 60% off. It expires soon. Hello, guys. Hey, everyone. I'm so excited. What's up? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited I need to, I just to see you. Bite everyone's heads off. Dude, when you have two heartbeats, Barbie. two heartbeats in your body, you get very nervous. <laughs> I, know. I am literally so excited and nervous to see you. I feel like it's been a second. How's everyone doing? Yes. Everyone looks beautiful. Got the most beautiful audience of them all. Okay, who here has listened to almost 30? How many? Okay. The rest of you will be we were, subscribing before you leave on your phones. So don't I, worry. We hosted a New York event like a month ago yeah. and like maybe. 10 people didn't know what almost 30 was at all. They didn't even, they're like, why are you talking? Who are you? <laughs> so I was like, okay, tonight's going to be, tonight's going to be better, but it's always fun to have new listeners. Yeah. I'm so grateful to be with you all. It just is so special. You know, Lindsay and I really built almost 30 by going on tour. When no one asked us to go on tour, we went on tour. We were working full-time jobs and it really built the community, which is so important to us. And also ClearStem. ClearStem has been such an amazing partner. We're so grateful. We love them so much. We all have blue eyeshadow on tonight. If you guys look close, 
And New York is someplace that is so incredibly special to us. I lived here for two years in Long Island City with my then husband. It's no big deal. But it was a place that I was really struggling and a place that I really grew a lot from. Yeah. New York. Anyone have like an interesting relationship with New York? Love, hate. It's a Gemini in astrology. Yeah. It's a Gemini city. I put so much pressure on New York when I first moved here in 2011. So I moved here six months after I graduated from college. And I was like, I am coming to New York to make it. I want to be a star. I want to be on Broadway. I want to be a film actress or I want to be on television. Honestly, I would have taken anything. And what I didn't realize about this whole process of manifesting your dream is most of my energy at the time was planning for this thing to happen, putting so much pressure on this place to make me who I wanted to be, not realizing that it was already within me. So needless to say, I was planning to come to New York. And by planning, I mean, bartending at home to prepare for the bartending job that I had to have in New York if I wanted to be an actress. And that was at the Yankee Doodle Tap Room in Princeton, New Jersey. I had an overstarched, oversized shirt. I was bartending alongside like two 60-year-olds who had been there for a combined like 80 years, no joke. And I was serving like four drinks an hour. So it wasn't quite the preparation I needed for the New York bar scene, which I just threw myself into the frenzy of like five people deep, the sparkler burns, bringing like bottles to tables. And just kind of the drunken shenanigans that you encountered every single day. And instead of being cast in like what I wanted to be like an NBC drama, maybe some Law and Order, I definitely cast myself in my own like melodrama (laughs) marked by like wild dating, a circus, truly. Anyone dating right now? Anyone find it interesting? Hands are halfway up. We're like, are we? (laughs) We're like, we don't know. There was a moment that I was like, oh, I'm doing this wrong. I was, it was like when Tinder entered the chat. Remember that time when you're like, whoa, okay. So I don't have to leave my bedroom to do this. And I realized that I went out on a date with someone that my roommate, a guy, my best friend was on Grindr and also was talking to the same guy. And I was like, this is just, I don't know if I'm doing this right at all. And New York just kind of kept feeding me these chaotic moments because I was used to the chaos. I was used to being dysregulated in my nervous system and used to just feeling like I always had something to do better, this fight or flight response. And it was marked at the end of my time in New York by like this biblical event where I got bed bugs. And I was like walking around New York with a full body of what I thought was an allergic reaction to alcohol. And it was really just bed bugs over the months. But it was just such a a moment of contrast for me. And when I look back, I know that God, that spirit was just planting these certain moments in between these chaotic ones to remind me of what is true and to remind me that I don't need to be doing the most and trying to reach outside of myself to know who I am. And one of those moments was when I was working at my bartending job and my husband walked in 
He's here in the back. Everyone That's our guy. <laughs> and I felt a peace and calm. And I was like, oh, this is weird. I don't know this feeling at all. But I really believe like God's spirit is really reminding us all the time of how you can feel. Reminding you of the surrender and the letting go that must happen in order to really create the life that you love. So New York, needless to say, has been quite an up and down and all around, but it has been a beautiful coming home. And yeah, I'm just so happy to be here. Meanwhile, in Long Island City at the same time, I, I have moved to Long Island City for love, which didn't work out, but it was working out then kind of. So I was in Long Island City and I just wanted to find my purpose. I was like, I need to find my purpose. I hated the corporate world. I was like the one that was in the cry room all the time. I was like so dramatic. I was like, why are we here past five? We don't need to be here. Like everyone's done with work. Like the worst person to manage truly hell on earth. And I just was desperate to find something like I wanted to find connection to spirit, to source, whatever. And so that led me to do drugs on the weekend. <laughs> I was like, I want to feel something. So I was doing Molly all the time. And I'll never forget one time in Long Island City, I was at the grocery store with my then husband and we're walking around and I was like, my priorities then were being thin. You guys know my body journey story, just someone that was obsessed with how I looked and then also finding spirit. So I looked in my purse and I was like, oh my God, here's a diet pill. I'm going to pop a diet pill because we're grocery shopping as you do. Wasn't a diet pill. It was Molly. So we're at the grocery store and I'm starting to like feel the vibe. I'm like, yo, what's up? Like feeling it. And we get home and he's like playing music. He used to like DJ at home. I know, cool. So he'd be like DJ and I was like, he stopped. I'm like, don't stop. And I was like, I'm tweaking right now. Like I was like, dude, I'm rolling. Then I was like, fuck, that was Molly in my purse. The scariest feeling ever is to be in a studio apartment on a Monday evening, rolling your face off with like nothing to do. But I was like desperate. So I made him play music for like 12 more hours. And I like sat on the floor as I was desperate to get over my Molly roll. But my second thing in New York was really soul cycle was like, I found soul cycle. I thought I found my thing. I was like, I want to be an instructor. I want to be up front. I want to be like have abs and all of that stuff. And I thought it was my purpose. I would be on the subway riding to SoulCycle at 5 a.m. in Fidei because I had a friend that got me free classes because I could not afford it. And so I'd be hopped up on pre-workout trying to manifest this role as a SoulCycle instructor. I'd have my phone and I would say, my name is Krista Williams and I'm a SoulCycle instructor. My name is so lame, like a psycho weirdo. And I tried my best. I had my audition, which I didn't get at SoulCycle. And eventually it led me to Lindsay because we know that Lindsay was a soul cycle instructor herself. So although that path didn't lead me to where I was meant to be, it didn't lead me to my purpose, to my end, it eventually led me to Lindsay. And that was the most beautiful offering for me because there's no way I could be a soul cycle instructor right now. There's just no way. <laughs> the body couldn't do it. The skin couldn't do it. And that has been one of the most beautiful, you know, weavings of our life. Truly. You know, it's one of those things that we look back on that time in New York and we're like, whoa. Okay. So we were in New York at the same time. We were connected through SoulCycle. New York had those roots. And then we're like, wait, our Sean and Justin knew each other before we even knew each other. So you're like, these just like divine weavings are kind of undeniable when we think about 
like the beginnings of our relationship. And Justin's my ex, by the way. So they knew each other before. And I'll never forget, a few times ago, I was in New York City was when I got engaged. And that was the week that I reconnected with Sean. Yes. Uh-huh. And then when I got married. Mm-hmm. I moved to New York. Yes. <laughs> and then when I decided to go on a trial separation. I got married. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then when I, my ex-husband moved out of my apartment. I got pregnant. Yes. So it's a vibe. And the cherry on top, the place that I had my divorce finalized conversation is... Was where I got engaged. Yeah. So crazy. Yes. And this bitch wore this dress too. You're rehearsed. Yes. She walked in. She's like, do you remember? I'm like, bitch, wearing my dress. You're reminding me of everything. So we've had this weaving this entire time that has been so incredibly powerful. And it's something that I look back at and I'm just so in awe by. And, you know, you hear the comparison of like Lindsay's like going up. It's like she finds her person. She has a baby. She's moving to New York. And mine's like, things are blowing up. <laughs> like, like, why is it getting worse? But actually, it's not getting worse. Because when I made the commitment to have an epic life of alignment, and when I made the commitment to marry my soul and marry the person that's really meant for me, I had to divorce the inauthentic parts of me. And that meant leaving the relationship that I was in that meant moving on. So although it seems like it's getting worse, it's actually getting so much better. And we have to have change to have the real change that we want in our life. And I've been so inspired by our weaving. I'm so excited by our weaving. And it's just really taught me so much about the container of friendship. So I'm sure all of you have deep friendships. And I consider my relationship with Krista as such a portal for manifestation in such a big way to be able to just hold one another, to witness one another as we move through life, whether it is an up or a down or a zigzag or whatever way. I see myself and her and vice versa. We are able to be truly happy and enjoy for when things are joyful and be truly in witness and support when things aren't so great. And I just think in our relationships, we have such an opportunity. Sometimes we compare ourselves. Sometimes, you know, all of those ego and mind things come up. But we have such an opportunity to be in our hearts in relationship, which is really how we manifest mm -hmm. is from the heart. Mm -hmm. So none of my manifestations, you know, have always come true. Justin, my ex was a manifestation, which was so important and special to me in my life. But sometimes we have to let go of what we were manifesting with our mind and allow what we were manifesting for our souls to really come through. And that can come through in relationships, in our purpose, and all these different things. And when we really think about it, when I really think about my time in New York City, I was really looking. I was like, where's my purpose? Where's my like passion? Like, how can I make something of my life? How can I find, find, find? And the whole time I was looking, I was never listening. I was never listening to my heart. I was never listening to my soul because I was just like, on the grind running around trying so hard. And so, so much of my path now with manifestation, which we'll talk about, which I'm excited about, is really the listening, like listening to the truth of our soul, like what our soul wants and what we're going to manifest might be something that seems absolutely crazy and something that seems absolutely out of left field, but could really be the truth of what we want. Are you guys ready? Let's All right, do let's it. Invite Danielle and Kaylee. Yes. And, and Aisha. Aisha up to the stage. Welcome. So we are going to sure. dive deep, you know, we're going to go into two pillars today that I know you're all dying to hear more of because I am and we're going to go in with the ladies and we're going to start off with manifestation. You know, we're all in this one life to make it our most abundant dream reality. 
And I think all of you ladies up here are such inspirations in light of that with everything you've created in your abundant realities that you guys live today. And I really want to unpack that. So I want to open it up and I want to direct it to all of you. And I want to really uncover, you know, how have you guys truly with your own journeys with manifestation and the law of attraction created these abundant realities that you're living today? Kaylee, do you want to kick it off? Yes. Thank you so much. So manifestation, we've been hearing that word for X number of years. It's been around forever, but I feel like because of the rise of podcasts and just more access to information, we've been hearing it more. But how many people in their life have just felt like they wanted something and at some point it happened? And some people write it in a journal. Some people share it with friends. Some people visualize it. There's so many different forms of creating the life that you want. But the most important thing is to feel it in your body and to put it out there in some way. So for me, it's always been visualization. And I didn't even know that was a tactic until all this more information around manifestation has been coming out. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm a visualizer. So as long as I can remember, I would, would many times either at night or in the morning, I would just visualize things in life. I remember growing up, I always, I grew up in Pittsburgh. But I always wanted to live in a big city around a lot of different people. I feel like the town I grew up in was a lot of the same people. It was like copy, paste, copy, paste. And I craved being around people of different cultures, of different ideas. I had a really hard time connecting with people that had one train of thought. I was a big why person. I would like literally get in trouble for like asking too many questions. You can ask my mom. I would like never shut my mouth. If I would be like told to do something, I would just continually ask why. Like I didn't know how to just do something I was told without understanding it first. So I had this deep urge to want to understand the world, understand myself, understand what other people were thinking and why they were thinking a certain way. So again, back to manifestation, I would visualize when I was laying in bed at night or in the morning. For me, it's in the morning. I wake up, I probably lay in bed for a solid 45 minutes before I wake up. And I visualize my day. I visualize the type of people I want in my life. I visualize relationships. I visualize different ideas that we're building with ClearStem. I visualize the way I want to see myself, the person I want to become. And I did this from such a young age. I remember feeling like there were so many times in life where I just felt stuck, where the life that I was living is not the life I wanted to live. But I had this vision for something so much bigger. And instead of constantly letting that hold me back or blaming other people for not having what I wanted, I just kept visualizing it over and over and over again with my friends, with creating like the most epic group of women around me with relationships, whether they worked out or not at the time, that's what I wanted. So for me, it's visualization. And when you can feel it in your body and know what you want and what you deserve, that's when you start to see it unfold. I'm curious how many people have had manifestation not come through, not happen. Yeah, I feel that. I feel like for me, that was happening quite a bit where I was like, okay, this is not working. This is not happening. And so in that, I realized that I was so attached to it looking like a certain specific way. I was so attached to the form and we can get so attached to that, that now I just focus on feeling good. And if I'm feeling really, really good, I know it's going to attract and align me to what's meant for me. And so much of the beauty that's come in my life has come in through surprising ways in ways that I could have never seen, in ways that I could have never predicted. And it's really been that sort of magic that has been the most special part of my life. So it's a manifestation, but from my soul perspective, 
rather than from the ego. Because my ego's like, yes, bitch, I want a $15 million house in Malibu. I want my man to be doing this. I want all these things. And it's like, hmm, will that actually satisfy me or will that just be a part of like the loop? So it's really just focusing on how can I feel good in the moment? Because if we're feeling good throughout the process of manifestation, how we do the work is the work. So we're going to feel good when we finally receive that manifestation that we want to. I've learned so much about manifestation in like very little moments. And I've realized that we're literally always manifesting, which is kind of scary. And I've realized that every moment that we are creating, we are a match for, like for better or for worse. So I have, when I remember, a little practice that I do where I'm like, how am I a match for this? Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's something that's really frustrating, maybe challenging, or maybe someone comes in to a moment with me or my life And I just wonder like, okay, how am I a match for this? And how is this really supporting my growth and evolution, whether it's challenging or not? So I don't want to overlook these little moments just because we're so focused on like the big manifestation. Like how can we practice by proxy every single day? Like when we wake up and we notice like, okay, I'm feeling really good today. I feel really open. I feel well-rested. I feel in my body and then being very attuned to what happens because of that. Maybe you noticed someone on the street and they were smiling and you're like, oh, you look great today. You're having a great day. That feeling that you get from saying that maybe influences your next interaction, maybe the meeting at work. And it's just this really beautiful observation of your life that I think manifestation, yeah, really boils down to. I love that. You just reminded me of a quote that someone told me a long time ago that said, you've made an appointment to be exactly where you are. Mm. And you can apply that to like any situation, anywhere. I can't remember who told it to me, but it always stuck in my head. You know how someone will tell you something and it just sticks in your brain and just becomes part of how you operate? Thanks for reminding me of that. I never actually looked at anything as manifesting. I always just thought like, no, I'm creating something. I might have just been my nature to be in my brain rather than my heart, which is something that I think a lot of us have to learn to balance, but also to just be okay with it. How you operate is, it's not good or bad. Learning yourself and expanding awareness is the key no matter what. So for me, in terms of manifesting my dream life, it came from spreading positive energy. I always loved having really pleasant interactions chatting with everyone. Kaylee knows when we go out, there's no telling how the night's going to end. True. <laughs> yeah, I literally say yes to everything that's not like super dangerous. Sometimes oh, dangerous. Tell but... us more. Sometimes <laughs> I go home. Sometimes I don't. Yeah. Sometimes I wind up on the back of a motorcycle and I'm like, I just met this person. But saying yes to things and always having the door open to experiences has been my secret sauce. And it just keeps me in a constant state of growth. And learning is my drug. Like, If I had my way, I'd be like in a lecture room all day learning about like random things and um, just always learning and interacting and making new connections in my mind. And that's the state that makes me happiest. So as long as my work feeds into that, I find myself essentially manifesting exactly what I want. We love formulating products that help people. I love solving puzzles. I struggle with acne, even though I'm like almost 39, I'm still like the most acne prone person ever. I did Accutane three separate times and I was like, well, this is bullshit. 
So I was like, no, I'm going to figure it out myself. So I went back to school at night and got a license to do skin. And while I was there, I was like, this is the career I've always wanted. And every other door that was an option just shut. I wasn't going back. So like saying yes to things and digging deeper and having those moments of absolute yes and just going with it, like that's been how I've manifested stuff. Yeah. And the yeses create more opportunity for synchronicities. It's like you can experience more of the divine when you're saying yes to things when you're like, I don't know where this is going to take me, but I know that it's going to be in support of me. So it's really important that you're saying yes to random things. I would, I don't know if I'm ready for that, but <laughs> maybe hang I'll out with it. me a little more. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, it's so beautiful. And it seems like with everyone's answers in their journey, it comes down to this radical level of self-awareness on just really knowing yourself and, you know, what is a yes? What is a no? What does your heart want within this life? The one person that can come in our biggest way is ourselves. We can have these limiting beliefs. We can hold ourselves back. We can self-sabotage. Okay, this app has been with me through seasons of wanting to prevent pregnancy and also get pregnant. The app is Natural Cycles. It is a leading women's health company that they created the world's first FDA-cleared birth control app. So the app's algorithm uses hormone-driven changes in body temperature to let users know when they're fertile and not fertile. It is so easy, y'all. Every single morning I wake up, I have the uh, thermometer on my bedside table, and then I take my temperature, I input the temperature into the app, and boom, there you go. Um, It is 93% effective with typical use and 98% effective with perfect use. It's pretty incredible. Um, I know a lot of people are just thinking about their birth control. Uh, A lot of people are going off hormonal birth control. This is an incredible incredible, incredible option for you. I've been using it for a couple years now. Um, and again, it is so easy. So the algorithm uses the body temperature to determine where a user is at in their cycle. The more they measure, the more data it will have. Um, and if you have an aura ring, by the way, it syncs with your aura ring and it'll take your temperature automatically. Pretty cool. You can trust Natural Cycles for the past 10 years. They have been setting the precedent for non-hormonal and non-invasive birth control without sacrificing effectiveness. They were the first to introduce a birth control app, the first to receive FDA clearance as a birth control app, and the first birth control app to integrate with that wearable device, the Aura Ring. They're the best. I'm excited for you all. Listen, as our listener, you are going to get a discount plus a free thermometer gravy. Use code almost 30 at naturalcycles.com to get 15% off an annual subscription plus a free thermometer. That's naturalcycles.com. You're going to use the code almost 30 to get 15% off an annual membership and a free thermometer. Oh, y'all, I am wearing my shorts and my skirts and my dresses and my legs are out and I'm just so excited about it because I have my Osea Andaria Algae Body Oil and it is keeping me glowing. (laughs) It's making my legs and my arms look just so fresh so alive, to be honest, and so young. Um, I love this product. It is from Osea Malibu. They just know what they're doing over there. They've been doing it for over 28 years. Skincare is their jam. It's clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and is clinically proven, okay? It's infused with seaweed, which is the star of the show here, and I just love the products. They really work. So the body oil is so rich, but it's never greasy, 
Okay. And it's clinically proven to improve skin elasticity immediately. It's visibly firming your skin and makes the skin feel more sculpted and toned, which we love. It's so amazing. Overnight, you can do this during the day or overnight. I do it overnight, but I love the Andaria Algae Body Butter because I would just wake up so insanely moisturized. It's indulgent and it's really great for crepey skin. I'll put it on my knees and my elbows and anywhere that's like kind of dry. It's clinically proven to hydrate for 72 hours. It just transforms the skin. You're going to be obsessed. And then finally, the anti aging body balm. Yo. I mean, hello, silky lotion serum. It just melts into my skin. I feel like it lifts and tightens and tones all over. I'm obsessed. Perfect for summer, baby. So glow from the inside out with clean vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code A30POD at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order. They're so good about that. And free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code A30POD, A30POD for 10% off. So I know all of you guys are huge on self-growth in so many different ways. So I would love to actually understand each of your own journeys, you know, with self-growth and particularly like what parts of you did you have to let die and let go of to step into the new you who can also allow these manifestations like the abundant visions you see Everything just happens for you, Kaylee. I like have a personal relationship with Kaylee. She wants something, she visualizes it, and then the next day, it's there. So how did you get to this level? I had to let go of a lot. I'm a chameleon at heart, naturally. I can blend into any room, recovering people pleaser, which I know a lot of us are, but I can say exactly what people need to hear to make them happy. I can go between different groups of people and just easily blend in and fit in. And I learned to do that from such a young age. My parents are divorced and it was two very separate households that I grew up in, like two completely different personalities and ways of growing up and rules. It was challenging, but I learned how to like flow within both. So as I continued my life, I found myself in a, in a lot of groups of friends through high school and college that I, I wasn't necessarily always happy with. I had like my select, like, oh my gosh, amazing friends, but would find myself in groups where I just look around and I'm like, like, why am I with these people? Like, th these aren't my people, but this seems like... These losers. Yeah, yeah, yeah like... One it, train of thought. <laughs> yes, and I just, I, I didn't feel aligned, but I didn't really know where else to go because I was so good at being a chameleon and I wasn't used to completely standing on my own instead of blending in. So that led me to graduating college and immediately getting in a relationship and getting engaged within a year and getting married very quickly. And it felt like the right thing. I blended right in. We meshed so well. And it, everything felt very easy, which is not always how it should feel. There's certain aspects it should feel easy, but it was almost like too easy looking back on it. Like it looked like fairy tale, like too perfect, never arguing, just flow together. But it wasn't deep and it wasn't impactful and it didn't challenge me and there was no passion and then there was no excitement. And one day I woke up, it's funny, if anyone has dove into Saturn return, it happened like right on time of my Saturn return. I feel like I just woke up one morning and I was like, this isn't me. This isn't the life I want to live. I haven't worked this hard, like mentally and, and as a person and evolving who I am for my life to look like this. And for a lot of times I actually blamed myself. And I was like, oh, this is a really nice man. I have a really nice life. What's wrong with me? 
And then I realized I was just being a chameleon and just being what everyone wanted me to be, but never stop to think, what do I want in my life? Who am I? And as I grow as a woman, what kind of life do I want? And I love passion and excitement and fun and challenge and debate. And I want to be pushed in different ways. And so for me, the really big turning point is I said I wanted a divorce and it was the hardest thing ever. I kept trying to push it. I kept trying to make excuses as to why I wouldn't do it. I kept trying to hype myself up like, no, I I can change this. And it, it took like two and a half years for me to say I wanted a divorce. And once I did that, it's like the shell on my body shattered, like a snake that had shed its skin. And all of a sudden, for the very first time at 29 years old, I was figuring out who I was and what I wanted. And that was the most powerful thing for me. And I started to just get a lot deeper and intentional with relationships and people and just discovering myself. But that was like the shock to my system that I needed in order to figure out my path in life. Yeah, because a lot of times, like when we think about manifesting our dream life and living this life that we love, it's like that involves change. If we want change in our life and if we want to live this beautiful, amazing life and we're not living that right now, things have to happen for us to get there. And that was something that I really realized with my relationship as well, where I was like, I have this commitment to this relationship that feels really authentic and feels really easy and feels really all of the things that I wanted to feel. And I really had to let go of that relationship if I wanted to be in the relationship of my dreams that felt like my most aligned self. But on the self-awareness piece, I think everyone here probably is incredibly self-aware. And I think my self-awareness first came from hating myself so much that I was like, what am I, you know what I mean? I'm like, I look like this. I am, an, I am this person. I'm like, just kind of self-critique. And then having to really turn that into the voice of self-love and the voice of self-acceptance. And that's like the superpower that you all have as people that are incredibly self-aware, probably empaths. You have this incredible power. And through my manifestation process or through my process of things that had to die, my relationship was obviously a huge one. My thought of being a soul cycle instructor was a huge one. I mean, that one died for me, (laughs) died on the vine, baby. (laughs) But it's been a process of things really dying so that the right things could happen. I mean, yeah, I've been rejected by a lot of things. It's like kind of crazy, but I've learned to really trust. Yeah, it's that redirection. Yes. It's always in retrospect, but I think as it happens more, then you're able to catch it in real time where you're like, okay, (laughs) this isn't going to be the rock bottom. This is only going to be a pivot in another direction. I've had to, and only recently have I really realized this and appreciated this, but like let dreams die. You know, like I had so many dreams in my life and I've shared so many of my dreams And some of my dreams weren't mine. (laughs) I'm sure a lot of you can relate whether your parents had a dream for you and they poured into it. Maybe it's sending you to certain classes or college or programs or just had this vision and a lot of pressure on you to pursue a dream, a particular dream. My parents were like glad I wasn't in jail. They had like no dreams for me. They're like, what were your, everyone's like, what did your parents want you to be? I'm like, to go to college. Like that was like it. Totally. But I think, you know, it's it's kind of hard to know, like, what's yours and what's not. And in, I would say, the last five years, I really had to get very honest with myself about, like, hey, this dream is actually either not mine or it's totally expired. You know, we're evolving at such a rapid rate 
but our mind loves to hold on to like, but I said that I was going to be a movie star. So like, I have to keep doing that because everyone thinks I'm doing that. And what if I don't? And what are they going to think? Meanwhile, this new thing, something better, something bigger, something you couldn't have even imagined or thought of with your own mind is starting to manifest, but your focus is over here. So it's been so important for me to just be incredibly honest with myself in real time and especially bringing a child into the world. Parts of my identity, I feel, are dying a little bit and or just shifting and evolving. And it's been a little crunchy where I'm like, oh, am I ready for that? Am I worthy to step into that? Am I ready to let go of that? But I really feel like at a certain point, you just trust the current of your life. You know, like when you lay in a lazy river and you're like, just take me. It's like that lazy river moment where you're like, all right, let's go. Don't know where we're going, but it's probably headed in a direction that will hold me just like every other time that this has happened. Oh, I love that. Okay, so what had to die? Self-sabotage, any sort of victimhood, the most powerful. So I grew up in a household where you did not hurt anyone's feelings. Even if they needed to hear some information, you did not hurt their feelings. That was the worst thing you could do. I let that go. My friends better tell me if I'm operating against my own best wishes or they're not friends. And Kaylee and I have that beautiful relationship too where we're like, feedback moment. And we're like, yes, give it to me. So having that sort of element, that craving of feedback and the realization that no one's coming to save you. You're your own savior. You're in charge of you. No one else can do anything for you. And I finally realized that and I started seeing a really talented therapist actually because of my long-term, my practice marriage. I was with someone for six years, loved him dearly, and it just, it didn't work out. And at the same time, I was still having you know issues with a parent and I was like, I can't handle this anymore. So I got a therapist and just started unpacking all the stories that you create and that you've been told and that some of them are yours, some of them aren't. But the stories that run your day-to-day operations in your mind, understanding those and being so curious about them and just pausing every time something happens, whether you get triggered or you meet someone really interesting or something catches your attention, really double-clicking on it and getting curious about all of that. That was the thing that helped me to not be self-sabotaging, essentially. So that the self-sabotaging behaviors and the, the limiting stories, actually, those all had to die. And then also a couple of relationships, you know, a couple of friendships. You know, sometimes we have friends from when we're like in our early 20s and they're not the friends that take you into your late 20s. They're not the friends that maybe take you into your 30s and paying attention to who is an expander. That can mean a lot of different things. Your conversations with them, do they spark new ideas? It can be that simple. Does this person have an interesting point of view that you've never thought of before? That's an expander. When you qualify it that simply, you can really tell who is not a force of expansion and who is, and you choose to spend more time with the people that are. That's, that was the biggest thing for me, and I had to let a couple of friendships go. And it's amazing what took their place more free time for the things that are actually serving your greater goal. And it's amazing how much time and energy you don't realize you're spending in certain areas until it gets freed up. And then you're like, wow, then you have a lot of respect for your time, your energy and your focus. And it's really cool to feel that. Beautiful. Now, just to seal 
the manifestation journey, the law of attraction journey. I would love to just even high level quick along the panel. The game changing practice for law of attraction manifestation that has been your practice. And I know we kind of went into it with like visualization, therapy, but high level, someone listening here today can implement this tomorrow. What would be that one practice for their new manifestation journey routine? You know, I've said this already, but for me, it's full visualization and feeling it in my body, laying in bed, closing my eyes. Sometimes it's just visualizing the entire day start to finish. It depends what I'm really inspired by that day, but I'll always envision even from the second of like stepping out of bed, I'm visualizing it start to finish until I go to sleep that night. Say worthiness work. Just if we're in our worth and we're in our worthiness and we believe we're worthy of the good and the manifestation, I think that's what we can control. We can't control if it's going to come through, if it's going to happen and when. So it's like, how can I really just be in my own worth around what it is that I'm calling in? I would say just trust in myself. You know, I think we always know, we truly always know. And I spent a lot of time doubting myself because I thought other people knew better. And so that's been a big part of my work. And I've kind of discovered that through therapy. So I would say therapy is a huge manifestation tool. (laughs) I got to work with this amazing executive coach. It was like $12,000. So this is a really juicy nugget of information. The first exercise that he had me do was tell my life story in 15 photos. So going back, asking my parents for whatever pictures they had of me, going back through my phone and trying to be like, okay, I, I guess this has been my life up till now. And you're like, okay, you unpack that. Then you write down your new life as if it's a movie, as if you're handing the script to a director and they know exactly what the characters are wearing, how the characters interact, where they live, writing it down that that clearly. And then essentially it's a visualization too. But when you put pen to paper, it's like your subconscious saying this is now going to happen. And for me, it creates dissonance if I don't keep up with that. If it's not congruent, it creates dissonance. And that was the major exercise with this coach was writing your life down as if it was as vivid as a movie. And I remember it to this day, even though it was a couple years ago. So I go back to that and revisit it and then rewrite things down that I want to happen. And it it works every time. I love that. You can just take what you want and you can stack them, write that script, visualize the hell of that. And then know you're worthy and trust. It's so beautiful. And I love that this is recorded because we can re-listen to this and apply it. And this is like a perfect segue into this other pillar that I know we're all wanting to hear from you ladies on. And that is relationships. Our relationships that we build in this life are everything. Romantically, professionally, friendships, personally. And I know all of you guys have your own unique journeys with cultivating the beautiful relationships that you have in your life. And I know a lot of people listening and here today would love to hear your own journeys with manifesting the quality relationships that you have in your life. And you're all at different phases of life, which we know. And I think that's such a beautiful thing because it's going to hit for everyone listening, for everyone, depending on what phase of life that they're in. Whoever wants to start with where they're at with this. I can start. I'll talk about friendships because I've been talking about that old (laughs) relationship for a while and nothing else is going on. So friendships. Friendships was such a learning thing for me. I mean, for so long in my life, I was like in friendships and relationships that I would just self-erase. Like I would be 
the sidekick. I would be in full in service to them. I would never actually show who I truly was. I would be in these like very codependent relationships, sometimes with narcissists. Narcissists love me. As much as it seems like I'm on stage and I'm talking, when I'm in deep relationship, I can really just kind of fully have the experience of the other person. So I'd be in those relationships that just were not serving me. And so moving to a space of having deep, intimate relationships with true intimacy with women has been one of the biggest manifestations of my life. And to have that, I had to really be honest with myself and just be very clear about where I was hiding, where I was not being authentic, what I was bringing to every relationship, how I wasn't showing up in my fullest in every relationship. And Lindsay's been, you know, the perfect playground for my truest manifestations of deep relationships and having a space where I can really be myself with women. I can really be loved by women and healed by women and seen by women. But it was a really long journey. It was a lot of lost bridesmaids in your mind and a really tough one. But now it feels really, really good. Yeah, I feel like our relationship has healed so many sisterhood wounds <laughs> on so many levels. But I love that piece on friendship. I'm married now, so I can kind of speak to the more romantic side of relationships. And I was single for seven years. As a lot of you know, my husband will laugh. He's like, you weren't actually single. You were dating That's people. What I say like, too. what are the rules? I say the same as Sean. I'm, I'm like, like, you weren't actually single. <laughs> but I thought like, you know, they were, y'all know if you're dating, you're like, I'm single. Not like in it. But being in a relationship with Sean, being married now, it has been one of the greatest opportunities for growth for me individually to be seen by someone for all of who I am like the good the bad the ugly the sticky the crunchy even the parts of me that I haven't really acknowledged or recognized within myself yet he sees and he picks up on and he notices and he wants to bring out of me and really enhance and it's been at times like very uncomfortable and confronting because I'm someone, I think you mentioned people pleaser before. I have that within me where I'm like, I want you to see what I want you to see. And I don't want you to see, I'm not going to show that to you. And so I was very, yeah, I was like kind of like a curated version of myself. And so it's been so liberating to be in a relationship with someone who is themselves all the time. So it's a beautiful inspiring model for me always but also someone who's like yeah that part of you that you think kind of blows like I actually I want more of that or like yeah give me more tell me more about that where does that come from and there's a curiosity there so all that to say that like your intimate relationships can really help be a mirror for the parts of you that you're like yeah I don't want, I don't want him to know I don't want her to know about that but really can be that moment and that experience of like, wow, someone loves me and accepts me, even though I have these parts and they love me wholly and completely. And that's really helped to heal the part of me that is so self-critical or the part of me that wants to hide those parts. So while I thought the romantic relationship would, you know, be one thing, it's become so much more because I've been willing to just kind of let go of who I thought I had to be in relationship and really just be all of who I am. And for anyone dating right now, I think that's the secret sauce. The sooner you can be yourself, the better. The sooner that 
you know, you can just show up to these dates and just be like, I'm good no matter what. I'm excited to meet a new person, a new person who's also willing to meet a new person. I'm just going to be myself. See what happens. You will start attracting people who will make you feel really comfortable to be yourself. Amen to that. I am actually dating right now. And it's such an opportunity to show up as like a different, better version of yourself each time because you learn so much like, okay, I didn't like that. Why didn't I like that? Or I really liked this. What is it about that that I like? So dating has been a really, really interesting kind of like like those houses of mirrors where you look different each time. So it's appreciating it for that versus like, oh, well, this was boring. I could have just done yoga tonight. Having a different different mindset has been huge, but the relationship with with yourself, the relationship with myself that I've been working on deliberately recently, that has changed everything. And it's changed every other relationship too, because my experience is that I'm not like wanting other people to be anything other than who they are. I have one person in my life who's brilliant. I respect her so much. She's very risk averse, so she's never believed in what I've been doing. I started San Diego Acne Clinic eight years ago. She's like, oh, estheticians don't make any money. Look at their salary range. You know, you can Google that, and then, you know, your hours times your this, and that's all you're ever going to do. She had no idea that I could scale it and that I'd be helping people and that it would have led me to Kaylee and, like, became ClearStem, you know, eventually. So it's like, but appreciating someone like that for the way their mind works and being like, okay, I see that that's the best possible advice you could have given or the best possible reflection given where you come from. Like that is so cool. And just appreciating it and not wanting it to be anything different. That's been like the relationship journey that I've been on. So the more I love myself and I'm comfortable with myself, the more I love everyone else for exactly who they are. And I cherish everything they say even if it doesn't totally resonate with me. Continuing on the topic of relationship with self, that's something that I've had to really work on. I'm naturally a very emotional person. Like I cry over absolutely everything all the time. But what I do notice is when I'm constantly being triggered over and over again and becoming so emotional, it's something that I have to stop and actually tackle within. And I didn't know that for the longest time. I didn't know why things would get me so worked up or so emotional. And a couple years ago, it was in the middle of the divorce and the separation. Danielle and I actually decided to hire an executive coach, an executive therapist. And he's the first person that started to really help me understand myself and ask myself those questions and get more comfortable asking other people questions as well. Because I would just spin and internalize and create stories. And I would Again, back to the visualization, it's a positive thing and can also be negative if you're in your head too much. Like I would play out entire scenarios in my head, entire conversations in my head, knew exactly what I thought, how exactly they would go, and then I would choose not to have them. But I felt like I had them already inside my body. It was a really interesting dichotomy in my brain, and I would work myself up into this anxiety spiral and never actually have the conversation that would solve the issue. So our executive coach really helped me get so uncomfortable. And I remember we were seeing him on a weekly basis at first. And for the first like five months, I think I cried every single appointment because for me, if I'm handling such a difficult situation, it comes out in tears because there's so much buildup in me. I have trouble like physically even having a conversation, which is why I'll usually choose not to because I'm like, I don't want to cry. So I'm not even going to bother having that conversation. So Once I started to really address those things within myself is when I started to see so much progress 
with not only myself, like in communication with myself, but everyone else. Danielle and I are managing for the very first time. We have like our some of our amazing team members here who have truly been insanely patient with us because <laughs> we, we built this company. It was the two of us and it was three and now it's 10 and it's just progressed so much. And learning how to have difficult conversations with our employees and how to inspire at the same time tackle issues that are going on. And it challenges me every single day and has pushed me. But back to self, I had to really figure out all these triggers that were going on inside and all these stories I was creating in my head and really separating what are all these stories and thoughts I'm creating and what's actually happening? What's the actual situation that's happening and how am I projecting so much into that and seeing it through all the different lenses of the way I've seen people? And when I started to learn to separate that and get the courage to have the conversations, that's when my anxiety just completely melted away. It's still challenging for me. I have to like hype myself up in my head sometimes to have difficult conversations, but it's so empowering to do it because when I'm done, I'm like, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> maybe I just had like a couple tears. Maybe I didn't like hysterically cry through it. And I, I feel so much stronger and more empowered and, and in myself and knowing who I am by being able to have those difficult conversations and asking those questions. Yeah, I think difficult conversations has been my deepest route to intimacy because especially with us, you know, one of the helpful phrases that we use is the story I'm telling myself. And when we say, you know, the story I'm telling myself, it really pulls us and unblends us from the situation. And it helps bring people in on like where our head is at. So I'll say, you know, the story I'm telling myself is that you don't care about this because X, Y, and Z. And then she can be like, oh, well, the story I'm telling myself is that you this because of X, Y, and Z. And then the problem is here. And then we're here. And we're like, oh, that's so interesting that you think that. And that's so interesting. I think that that doesn't mean that you're bad. It doesn't mean that I'm bad. It means that we can see where our stories are running. And then we have more intimacy because you're like, oh, your story is always about this or your story is always about this. And then we can work with that in different types of relationships. But my deepest road to intimacy is truly through hard conversations and being able to really stand for what I feel and stand for who I am and stand for my needs and have that be met in relationship is like the best feeling in the world. Anyone love having hard conversations? Like yeah. is so good at it, down for it, ready for it. I used to be down when I was like bulldozing people. I'm like, <laughs> I love this. And I'm like, you're this and you're this. It's hard. So I saw five hands maybe, and I totally feel you. But I just want to echo Krista in saying that our intimate relationships are the perfect practice ground for these other hard conversations. We I don't know if we coined this phrase, maybe it existed before, but the clearing conversation where like, you know, life is happening, we are growing and evolving. And sometimes we're playing on an old template of each other, or maybe a past experience that's like pretty deeply ingrained, like five years ago, you know, you did this thing and made me feel this way. And it feels like that's being triggered again. And so these clearing conversations, I just want to offer to you all is really an opportunity for you to clear the field, like the relationship field of all distortion, of all misunderstanding, and really kind of give it like a system update. So it's like, this is who I am now. And this is how I'm feeling now. This is what I've processed. This is what I'm working through. Using I statements. We love to do these conversations on a walk to stay in our body and not be staring at each other in the eyes the whole time. <laughs> But we do it on a consistent basis and we don't always plan for it, 
But when it's happening, I know it's happening and I feel really at peace in my body because I'm like, oh, we're here. This is a really good opportunity. And so if you're feeling in your relationships like you're kind of working on these old patterns or old templates, let me give you the full on permission to have a clearing conversation. Go on a walk with that friend, family member, maybe your partner and share your heart, share from your heart. Mine does not need to be involved. And I promise you that you will have a different experience of that relationship. It might be the end. It might not be the end. Most likely not. Yeah. Last thing. Something Lindsay taught me was to bring in something positive at the beginning. So it's like my intention is to be closer during that. My intention is to be closer to you. My intention is to deepen our relationship by this conversation. I love you so much. You're all of these things. You know, you're so special to me. And then you can kind of bring in whatever it is you want to clear. It's so beautiful. And it's clearly relationships take work in both relationships. Like you guys have a coach that you guys work with and you guys work through your relationship as you're building an empire. And I know this applies to your romantic relationships as well. So do you guys have any other strategies? You know, I know it's the same thing, right? We attract what we are. So how we show up in our personal relationships is a reflection of like, also we can take that to our professional relationships. Do you have any other strategies that someone listening can maybe take and apply to their own life to strengthen the relationships they have, deepen them and have the courage also to show up who, as who they are? Because also people pleaser, it takes so much confidence and courage to just actually wear your heart on your sleeve and even entertained to have a clearing conversation. I firstly, I love the clearing conversation. Danielle and I do it all the time. We're always like, Hey, can we clean something up? Mm-hmm. We don't always say things the way we want them to come across. Sometimes something, you know, if we're triggered by something, if we're annoyed by something, the tone of voice, like we're all not perfect all the time. Sometimes we snap. Sometimes we say something that we didn't necessarily want to say. And, and you feel that energy from someone else. So instead of letting that energy just linger and be like, oh, no, I can get over it. It's fine. Just like, hey, can we clean something up? And we've gotten so far where we almost clean up for each other. Let's say, for example, like, I snap for some reason and maybe it's during a meeting right after the meeting I'll call Danielle I'm like can I clean something up I didn't like the way I reacted in that situation and I just want to apologize I just want to acknowledge that I'm admitting to I'm aware that I did that and I'm sorry and we just clean it up really quick but as far as other tactics I think it's terrifying to be vulnerable sometimes but it's so crazy like the second you're vulnerable that I would say 99% of the time, someone else is going to meet you in vulnerability when you can express in a way that you were triggered. So the relationship I'm in now, I'm absolutely in love. I love it. And we've had to work so hard at it. Like the first year was rough. We were both working through our own set of triggers and it was like trigger, 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 trigger. But we wanted it enough that we were willing to work on it. And something that's really worked for us is just admitting when something's triggering us and then explaining why. Because everyone has grown up differently. Even if you have a sibling of the same exact parents in the same exact house, you're going to see the world in two completely different ways. And so remembering that we're all seeing things through the lens of the way we were raised, of situations that happened, of even the tiniest things that happened in our childhood that you can still think back on that were either traumatic for you or impactful for you. And there's these little imprints that happen throughout your entire life that create who you are and the lens you see the world through. So what works in our relationship is when we feel triggered, we just immediately say, 
not always immediately, actually. <laughs> we try to immediately say, if not, we do clean it up later. Hey, I was really triggered by that. And can I share why I was really triggered by that? And usually it's something that happened in the past that you're bringing into that. And that's why you're triggered. Because it's usually not exactly what that person did. It's what that person did, what they're representing in your life that has hit you over and over and over again. And when you can be aware of what that is and where it came from, which might take some time and some digging, and then when you can admit it to your friend, to your partner, to your colleague, like your employee, anyone you work with, when you can just share that, say like, hey, I was triggered. I just want to share that with you. That just like clears the air so much. And then it also gives that person an opportunity to just understand you more, forgive, and just let it completely float away. Because they get it. They're, everyone makes mistakes or everyone says things in the way they, they wouldn't want it to be said. So like, I get it. Mm. And everyone wants the same thing. It's helpful to remember that. Everyone wants to be closer. They want those conversations. And what I've noticed is like from a tactical perspective, it's the catalyst of how to have the conversation. You know, it's like, I need to talk to you about something. Nobody wants, or call me, please. Like you can leave that sinking feeling when you get a message like that. And it's usually just your parents wanting to know if you're going to be like home for Thanksgiving or something. But it's like, just rephrasing, just having the catalyst for the conversation being different. Like, hey, I'm super curious about something. Call me when you can. And then it can be like, I noticed that you got kind of upset with this. And I'm just, I'm so curious. Can you tell me what that was like for you? And it's just such a like neutral way of talking about something that doesn't have to be so heavy. And then expressing needs to be like, hey, I have a favor to ask. Let me know. Let me know if I can share that with you or let me know when I can call you something just asking for a favor like yeah totally and you're like when I dress up like this I really need you to compliment me that's like something you can say to your guy if they're not a words of affirmation person and it's like oh it's a favor sure I got that I find that just having a different catalyst for having the conversation is like the thing that'll make the conversation happen or not happen and then another thing that our coach does whenever we have any sort of meeting whether it's a tense one or a happy one whatever we do a circle of acknowledgement and we go around Colleen smiling. We always, in our team, we're like, I acknowledge you for putting this event together, for taking a million calls, for staying up late, for, for bringing your brain and brilliance to something and just like acknowledging someone for what they did. And it's like, we don't get those words very often and they mean so much. And that's the stuff that builds equity in relationships. And we love the circle of acknowledgement. You can apply it anywhere. All these tips. Yeah. It was so good. <laughs> Girls are so good at that. Like, you're like a circle jerk of just like, we love you. Like, you're so good. It's amazing. <laughs> I think in my relationships, you know, I was a people pleaser for sure. And I realized that when I was people pleasing, I thought it was because I loved them. And I thought it was because it was in benefit of the relationship. But what I realized is that it was actually at a detriment to the relationship because I was showing up inauthentic. I was always like going with their needs or their wants or their desires. And it was really not giving them an opportunity to truly know me. Because when you're actually in your fully individuated self, it's okay to have a little friction. It's okay to have a little bit of like static between you because you're going to have your own opinions. You're going to have your own perspectives. So when you're showing up in that authenticity and in your truth, it might be a little crunchy at times. It might be a little funky. There might be a little like desperate energy, but it's okay because you're actually in your authenticity at that point. So just remembering when you're people pleasing, when you're just going along with whatever they're saying or what everyone else wants, that you're actually not really giving people the opportunity to know you and to love the real you. And I think for me, it's been so important to realize that I used to have this tendency that I wanted to change people. 
So I wanted them to be more of the person that would make me feel comfortable. (laughs) And it's been important, I think, in my intimate relationships, whether it's my family, Sean, Krista, to celebrate like who they are Mm. and not bring my own, whether it's insecurity or discomfort or just unfamiliarity with parts of them into the dynamic. Like I really want to celebrate people for who they are because I want to be celebrated for who I am. And that's changed my relationships. I wouldn't always say like, hey, change, do this. But I would harbor this feeling of like, God damn it. (laughs) Like, why can't they be more like this or make me more comfortable around this? And it's just, it's so much more fun to look at someone and be like, wow, I love the way that you, I love the way that you just like garner the energy in the room and shine and tell jokes and people laugh rather than being like, wait, am I not funny? And like, why can't, why are they shining too much? It's really bringing you out of your head and more into just like, let me kind of wrap you up in my, in my heart. I have an example of that. I have a friend, she's an Aries. So she's all over the fucking place you're on the phone with her and she's like cooking and then she's talking to the dog and then she's like cleaning and then she's like talking to someone else. And she's just like, you're like, why am I on the phone? What if, what's the point? And as someone that's like, so connection is so important to me. It used to drive me insane. Cause I'm like, this feels rude. Like you just did like a whole tarot spread while on the phone with me. And you're looking at like, you're just, it was insane. And now I'm like, oh, I fucking love that. We're half in, we're half out. She's getting her nails done. She's driving. We don't know what she's doing. But I'm like, oh, she's just being her. She's being here. I'm along for the freaking ride. Like letting your friends and letting yourself just be who you are is like the most liberating thing. So beautiful. It's so inspiring and empowering to like listen to this and now go implement and do the work because Mm. it just is mirrored in your external reality from doing the work. So you're so rewarded from, you know, like taking these courageous leaps and we see it all within like how you guys live life. So it's beautiful. Okay, small daily actions. Ah, They just make a big difference. And I just cannot emphasize this enough. It creates this cascade effect and honestly a snowball effect. (laughs) So one begets the next really great positive small action, but it almost has like a bigger impact as the day, as the week goes on. Um, And I'm just someone who very much believes in this, whether you're like smiling at a stranger or maybe you wake up a little bit earlier to practice your meditation or maybe read part of the book that you're loving, uh, or maybe you integrate a healthy habit, like taking a probiotic, which is something that I've been doing for a few years now. I've been taking seeds DSO one daily symbiotic and I love it. And I've just noticed that this is the catalyst at the beginning of the day for a ton of healthy choices that I make. Um, and I've noticed a difference when I don't take it. Um, I forgot on vacation a few months ago and I noticed a difference. I was bloated. I wasn't as regular. I started to get a little breakout on my chin. Things were just going haywire. Um, so I'm just so thankful for seed. If you are someone who wants to support your gut or your skin digestion, your gut barrier integrity, Oh, I recommend seed their DSO one daily symbiotic is incredible. What is different about seeds? So seeds patented capsule and capsule design is so unique. It basically means that the fragile bacteria 
within the capsule can survive the journey. So from like shipping to your door to when you put it in your body all the way through your GI tract, um, all without synthetic or chemical coatings. Um, and this was developed in collaboration with Seed Scientific Board and based on their foundational work in probiotics and the microbiome. They are the best in the space. Um, so I just, I trust them and I've experienced incredible results. So trust your gut with Seeds DSO1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash almost and use the code 25almost to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seeds DSO1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash almost. The code is 25almost. So we're going to do something super exciting. We're going to be doing something called a hot seat. So we have two of you. I'm going to welcome up the first person to the floor. And I think this is going to serve so much because the first person we have coming up is Colleen. Colleen, where are you? Colleen, where are you, honey? We've such a vulnerable space, you know? So we're going to get real. I have Colleen's question. I'll read it. I'll give you a, Let's give go. You a mic. And... I think this is going to serve so much because, you know, we're all on our own journeys and you might see some of yourself in Colleen's journey. So Colleen, her question was, how do you find the balance between or define your manifestations from an individual serving desire to a broader servicing of the community collective whole? Do you believe true as in authentic manifestations are always in service of the whole as well as the self? And I'll let you kind of like maybe share a little bit on your experience where the question came from. It's a complex question. I'm realizing I'm like thinking back to what I was doing when I asked that. I feel like what you guys shared around manifestation really answered a lot of the complexity of the question, which was first asking, how do you differentiate? Is this more of a, I hate to use egoic, but I'm going to use mind focus manifestation or desire versus one that's truly heart-led how can you kind of decipher them and I feel like you guys really did answer that in the body how you feel versus the story that you're trying to tell yourself and then the second part what was the second part is service to the whole oh like, yeah how do you know what your manifestation whole. is if it's service to the whole yes so that's a good one and yeah, you just really kind of, good one. yeah 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 you're just one of us up yeah, here. yeah. <laughs> you can just hang up here no but I think it's such a beautiful question and I think Oftentimes, so many women that we talk to or work with in our community are so concerned about being in service. You know, oftentimes we'll have people that we coach with the podcast that are like, I want to make a podcast to empower women, or I want to do this thing to help others. I want to, it's always other focused. Well, that's really beautiful. Being other focused isn't going to be something that's going to keep you doing whatever it is that you're doing for a very long time. And when we're other focused the entire time, we can kind of lose our center, even if it's for a good purpose of being service focused. So to have the most longstanding energy and focus and drive and passion for what you're doing, it actually has to be self-focused. It has to be in service of yourself and service of your soul. And when you're serving yourself, you're serving the whole. You know, that's like the, the spiritual practice of oneness, of unity. When we think about it, it's like service to our self and our soul is the greatest service that we can do of the whole. And that's what we can control. You know, we think about like, I want to serve and empower women. Then you're like looking at women. You're like, are you empowered? Are you feeling empowered? It's like, who knows? You know, like I want to empower myself through using my voice. I want to do whatever it is. I want to serve all animals in the world by doing whatever. It's like, how can you serve ourselves first? Because that really serves the whole. 
To put that in a little perspective too, Danielle and I recently went to this amazing ceremony that was all about connecting with self. And there were some women there that were in their 50s, 60s, and 70s. And this was the first thing that they had done for more growth within themselves. And I remember this one woman, as she was sharing why she was there, I think she was in her mid-60s, she started bawling her eyes out and said, this is the first time in her life she had ever done something for herself. Her whole life was about her husband and then her kids. And then it was, it was constantly focused on other people. And then it's like she woke up one day, looked around, and realized she hadn't done anything for herself. So I think back to what Krista was saying, it's so important to spend that time by yourself. If you're in a relationship, even finding that alone time, because sometimes you might not be able to think when other people are around or we're constantly like in someone else's energy. It really depends where you internalize and think the best. But sometimes finding alone time to figure out like, am I living my life for myself? Am I creating these dreams, manifestations, creating this vision of my life for me or for someone else? And that sometimes takes some time because you got to like really take the time to get to know yourself internally and then to start separating things out and making sure that what you're doing is for you. Because the beautiful thing is when you start doing things for you, that energy is it's a ripple effect to everyone else. So it actually ends up serving other people because you're inspiring other people. And by you being yourself, it allows other people to not only be themselves, but also connect with you even more. So when you can be that self, again, it just it builds even stronger relationships and does actually serve others as a ripple effect. What do you want to manifest, sis? What do we got? Oh, man. I think when I typed in that question, I was thinking about career and vocation, which is usually what I'm thinking about when Same. I'm thinking about. Yeah. What's your, what would be your dream? Let's I'm being tested vision, right now, to be honest. I'm a writer and I think just expressing myself on more of a public stage. On stage? More public. Are you in public right now on I know. stage? Hey. Wow. <laughs> yes. And are you crushing it? Yes. Are you comfortable? Yes. Are yes, you casual? Are you cool? And are you bringing the heat with the questions? I did. Yes. Yeah. Like, and you guys brought the heat with the answers. Those yes. were so good. Thank you for saying what you said. Because when I was back there thinking about the question, I was like, they've answered so much of it. Like, what am I, you know, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to bring? What am I going to bring? What are you going to say? And just the part about and I don't know if it's a woman thing. I don't know if it's like generational thing with family and people pleasing and just always thinking of the other before and even in our manifestations. Like even though I think about my manifestations and I'm like, why can't I just think about what I actually want? I'm thinking about what's actually going to be beneficial for the other. And so thank you so much. It was it was awesome how you responded. And yeah, thank you. Quick raise of hands. How many people did Colleen help by getting up here, sharing her vulnerability and what she's going through right now? Who did she help? Mm -hmm. There we go. And the last thing, just so many of us do what you were talking about earlier that you do that I also do where it's like, well, they already answered. So like, what's the point of me going up there? We kind of like get ahead of ourselves just to like short whatever's going to happen and don't leave opportunity for magic and really just like, okay, well, they already answered their answer my question. We're going to be wrap it up. You know what I mean? We're kind of already self-sabotaging and already in the place of like, what's the point, blah, blah, blah. And it's like coming back to the magic of like, 
I ask this question. Let's see where it goes. And I'm on stage. Yes. You're on that stage. Yes. It's hot. Yeah. <laughs> just hot in New York, but it's yes. hot. Yes. <laughs> Let's all just so hold the vision Colleen. for Colleen on bigger stages, writing Thank for you. more people, Colleen. just doing her thing. Thank you. We love you, baby. Thank you so much. Thank you. Crushed it. Next, I want to welcome Chelsea. Chelsea, Chelsea baby. Chelsea. 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 Yes. Hello. Hello, New Can York. Can I just say something really quick? This is such a full circle moment because when you guys said you went on tour before anyone even asked you to go on tour, you came to a WeWork that I worked at in like 2017. Yes. And that's right when I started my podcast. And I was like, ooh, where are these girls? Like, I was almost 30. And then you had the podcast almost 30. And I'm like, which city? It was in Chicago. Okay. Wow. Girl, that was early, yeah. that early was days. Early days. And then I'm interviewing Kaylee and Danielle on Monday. It's oh. so very full circle. So just had to like mm-hmm. be a fangirl for Tell everyone the name of your podcast. <laughs> in my non-expert opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're so excited. Thank you. Okay. I'm excited. So I'm going to read Chelsea's question. Then you can add in whatever you want. So Chelsea's question was, how to attract and believe there is a partner out there for you that is equal as ambitious, driven, and intelligent, and that you're not intimidating to them. I don't want to water myself down for a partner, but I feel like subconsciously I keep attracting guys that don't meet the standards that I've set for Who myself. Who else feels this? Who else wow. feels I'm so this? Yeah. I love the straight up hands. They're like, <laughs> like kind of pissed. They're like... <laughs> Can you speak a little more to this question? Yeah, absolutely. So Let's I feel get the tea, bitch. Yeah, I'm gonna be the tea. I'm a podcaster, so I, I could take over the stage. Like, <laughs> well, um, you all. But I feel very confident and ambitious. Like if you look at the wheel of life, I feel amazing about like eight out of ten of it. I have incredible girlfriends. I mean, I'm friends with girls I was friends with when I was seven years old. To this day, still friends with. I've like manifested the career of my dreams. I also help people launch podcasts. I have a podcast. I travel full time. I'm a digital nomad. So I feel like I've created this beautiful, colorful life for myself. And then with romantic relationships, like what the fuck happened here? I don't know. I feel like there's two things that are happening. And one is like, oh, your life is so colorful. And like adding an, that like nine out of 10, 10 out of 10 wheels, like it's almost going to be like your life is too good and something bad is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then I think the second thing is the wound of being too much. So the, again, the intimidation factor of like, oh, I have all these amazing things going on in my life. And now I have to like shrink a little bit to not intimidate the person because I have heard from exes like my dreams are like that's unrealistic or that's too big or you are too much. And so getting out of that story is something that's like really important to me right now, especially as I get older. I don't want to feel too much and I want to feel like my full self. Mm-hmm. What age did you feel for the first time that you were too much? Probably in my mid-20s when, especially when I started my podcast, I was like on a high. I loved it. I felt so expressive. I always wanted to be a TV reporter like on E! News. And so I was like, oh my God, I want to do this. And then I just remember dating an ex around that time who was just constantly, my mom called it clipping at my wings. She's like, this guy is clipping at your wings. Like I can just tell you're constantly shrinking. So I feel like mid-20s when I was like, oh, I do have like really big dreams and people feel some type of way about it. Thank you for sharing that. I feel like it's so important for us to recognize kind of where the origin of that feeling comes from because it can feel like it's kind of running the show without us even realizing and even realizing that we are now the adult Chelsea 
and being able to really kind of hold that that younger version of you talk to her be like yo I get it that was fucked up how he handled that how he made you feel but I want you to know that like I'm in the driver's seat now I am able to really hold us and you don't have to overwork you don't have to be driving this thing and just know that I know deeply because when you sit in your center I'm sure you know what that feels like do you know that your person is on their way do you know deeply like when you're not comparing yourself to people when you're not thinking about oh my gosh time's ticking do you know I feel like yes and that's why I've said no to so many people I've gotten myself out of situations where I'm, I could have married the guy when I was 25 I could have gone through with the relationship that triggered all my anxiety and I'm like but that's not for me that's not my highest self but it's like moving past that like okay you made it through one level but now I need to like actually believe that the partner of your dreams yeah. is on your way and I think it's in these moments that like our faith is truly tested like we're kind of pushing that threshold where if we remain true to who we are if we are abiding to our centers then first of all I mean, that is a skill and just a practice and cultivation that you will have for the rest of your life with your partner and outside of that. But I think there comes a point where you're like, and that's like the juicy part. That's like, that's really the turning point. And if you're able to stay in your center through this moment of like, where the, where is this person? you will find that a lot of the static, a lot of your doubts and fears and comparisons just start to fall off and your faith has so much more power. And then you'll just watch the divine timing and the divine orchestration of all the things. And I know it sounds like flowery language and like ideal, but it really begins to happen when we stop thinking so hard about like, how is this going to happen? How is this going to work? I was on a walk with my friend the other day and I was like talking about somebody and I was like, he's too intimidated by me. And she's like, is that really true? Do you guys really get intimidated by girls? I was like, yes, it's true for me. <laughs> I was like, yes, it's true. But I always think if I exist, they exist. If you exist, the person that is made for you exists. If you have these high standards of being creative, of being on purpose, of being successful, of being whatever it is, then the person out there also has to exist. And also the great Rumi Sufi poet says, what you seek is seeking you. So I always remember that in my life where I'm like, I have someone out there that exists right now that is thinking about me just the way I'm thinking about them. We just don't know who it is yet. They are actually on their path and seeking me too in their mind and looking for me. So we can also take a lot of the burden of the work off of our shoulders of feeling like we have to create it. We have to manifest it. We have to find it. We have to go on dating apps. We have to go to fucking happy hours, whatever it is, we actually don't need to, we need to do half of that because the other person is doing the other half of the work to find us. And I'm talking in us now, ladies, because it's <laughs> us out there. <laughs> Love all of that. Something I started doing recently that I actually heard from another podcaster, Pia Barancini. She left a relationship that she was engaged. She could have had the dream life. She's like, this could be my husband. This could be our house. We could have these beautiful future children, but she knew it wasn't right for her. 
So she got out of that, trusted her gut, and then started talking to her future ideal husband as if he was already there. And I thought that was brilliant. What I've experienced with that is the more I can get in the feeling of what that person's going to feel like, the faster I've been sorting. It's hard when you have a light. It's hard when you're an interesting person and you're gorgeous. You have a lot of like people coming at you. And you, if you're an optimist and you love people, which you clearly do, you're going to give everybody a little bit of your time. And it can be a lot of, just from a quantity perspective, a lot of disappointing experiences. Eliminating those or reducing those has been the thing that has been like saving me recently. And like when I started talking to my future guy as if he was already there, I actually like hit it off with someone recently and I was like, whoa, and it felt different from the get go. So eliminating all the not time wasters, but eliminating those things where it's not going to be right for you is key. And a strategy to do that is to talk to your perfect person as if they're already there. That way, you know, this other conversation wasn't that. I promise you it exists. And I'm in it right now because I thought it didn't exist either. My first breakup from someone I dated after the divorce, I was so defeated because I, I was exactly where you are truly. I was like, I'm too much for people. I'm so focused on building a business. No one is going to get me. They find it really cool and infatuating at first. And then it starts to intimidate them. Like I'd create all these stories in my head from what I felt was happening constantly. So similar to what Danielle said, like speaking to that person, I wrote it all in my journal. And I first wrote what didn't work in all the past relationships, what didn't work for me, like just bullet point, bullet point pages of just what didn't fulfill me. And then I wrote what I needed from a man and, and, and the kind of person I wanted that man to be. And I wrote it out. I journaled. I bullet pointed. Just I got really specific on it, too. It took me a really long time to do. And I just I kept like, that exactly that person. This wasn't a checklist, mind you. We're not like trying to check the boxes for people. This is just visualizing and creating for yourself. Like, who is that person? And then I journaled as if I was already in that relationship. And I journaled about how beautiful it was and how I filled my own cup up, but this person also came in and filled cups up with me and we did this together. And I met that man and he's also building a business. And it's really cool because he gets it and he understands and we understand each other and we get to collaborate on things, but also be so fiercely independent and cheer people on. While like he usually comes to all of our events, but to be honest, he was so exhausted from traveling and everything he had going on that he's not here for this one. And I was totally fine with it because, I mean, he was cheering me on from afar and he doesn't have to be here for my cup to feel filled up. So I want to let you know it exists and it's out there and you will meet this person and you both are going to fill each other's cups up. It takes time and it takes understanding of what you need, what you want and who you are and who that person is. Thank you. Oh my gosh. And if anyone has mutual friends, they want to send me up with. But yeah, that was so helpful. Thank you. I mean... Everything you guys just said, I was like, yep, taking that. Taking What's that, your yeah. vision? For a partnership? I would say for me, it's someone that is incredibly ambitious and career driven, but also has a, a huge heart of gold. It almost makes me cry. Oh, there we go. Let the feeling. Uh, <laughs> yes. Like super creative, curious, and just really is like interested in me and my life. And I, I'm equally as interested in them. Hold on, let me gather myself. When you can feel it in your body like that, that's, <laughs> that's half of it. Can't it's, wait to play this at your wedding. Yeah, I think that's it. It's like, I don't even know that I've really ever expressed it out loud. And especially in front of a group of people, I think that's why it feels so emotional. So yeah, I think someone who's, ex yeah, just in creative and open and curious and loves to travel. Like there's just, 
when I think of the words, it's like colorful, vivid, and big. That's what I want. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Thank you. And giving yourself permission to speak it out loud. You know what I mean? Just to like be in truth with it. And also it's so beautiful that we, if we humans cease to have desires, we wouldn't be here on earth. It's so beautiful to have a desire for a loving relationship and for a partner that sees you and that meets you. It's like, what a beautiful thing. So much to have a desire that your body is in response to it and your body craves that, you know, motherhood and love loving relationships are such a natural yearning desire of the feminine. So it's so beautiful that you're able to tap into that. So thank you for expanding us with the truth of what your heart is looking for. Thank you. This yeah. is so helpful. Yes. I am so grateful that this mm-hmm. is recorded and this is going to be out on the Almost 30 podcast. So everyone who was not at this live event can re-listen to it. And everyone who's here can play it on repeat because I know I'm going to. Thank you so much to Kaylee and Danielle. You can go to ClearStem on Instagram, ClearStem Skincare. You can find Kaylee on Instagram at Kaylee Christina. And Danielle is Danielle the Acne Guru. And thank you to all of you for listening to the show. Make sure you're subscribed. It means so much to us. You can find us on all the platforms, including YouTube. So there's a video of this as well if you didn't catch it. And thank you to our sponsors. You can find all discount information in our show notes as well as on almost30.com. All right, y'all. We'll see you on the next one. We'll see you soon.